Welcome to Jersey Guys Sports, your sports talk home for the Yanks, Giants, Rangers, and Rutgers Carlinians. I'm your host, Don. Thanks for tuning in. Today I'll be discussing Rutgers' winning streak ends with a loss at number 5 Purdue, and the New York Rangers beat the Ottawa Senators 2-1. So let's go ahead and get started. Rutgers has been playing some of the best basketball in the entire country. However, that came crashing down to earth on Sunday night. They lost to an elite Purdue Boilmaker team on the road, 84-72, in front of a rabid crowd at Mackey Arena in Purdue. Rutgers was basically taken to school early by number 5 Purdue, who won their 24th game already. 24th, and we're still in February. Purdue seemed to make every single shot they took early in the game, including things like banked three-pointers, three-pointers that were taken by centers, and just about every other shot. Rutgers didn't cover the three-point shot too well early on. With eight minutes left in the first half, Purdue was shooting friggin' 70% from the field. 70%. Rutgers actually played pretty sharp offensive basketball in the first half, but it's hard to counter that kind of awesome accuracy from a team like Purdue. They simply couldn't match Purdue's elite offensive performance. Rutgers probably could have played better defensively with a little more intensity, especially guarding the three-point arc, but Purdue is just exceptional offensively, and I guess that's why they're the number five team in the country. Peichel switched to full-court pressure about midway through the first half, and that really seemed to help slow Purdue a little bit, and it was more effective for Rutgers. McConnell continued to play some elite defense early on anyway. I do have to mention that there was a ridiculously long review for a flagrant technical foul on Purdue. Instant replay just continues to kill all sports. And I'm not going to get into a big uh, digression here, but it was just another stupid review uh, of a technical foul on Amarui with 30 seconds left in the half. Replay just out of control. It bothers the shit out of me. And you've heard this from me on previous podcasts, so I'm not going to go into it much here, but. It's just they have to change something. Amari, by the way, played pretty well again, but he had an immature technical foul near the end of the first half, and it very much hurt Rutgers and gave two points to Purdue. And the lead then stretched to 45-36 at the half. It was much, much closer to that with really just a minute left and ended up being a nine-point lead at half. There was a 9-1 to scoring run that Purdue had to close the first half, and it was really utterly deflating for Rutgers. Purdue scoring 45 points in the first half, that was not a great sign for Rutgers. Even though we played well offensively, that 9-1 to run sparked by that are-you-idiocy, you know, expanded to an 18-to-run-to-1 run by the time it ended in the second half and mostly put the game away. Rutgers really never seriously threatened again. Um, Purdue has a player, his name is Jaden Ivey, who's just such an explosive player, and he really hurt Rutgers in big spots on Sunday. He's a spectacular player. I mean, the second half, for example, started with an offensive possession where Purdue missed a shot but got the offensive rebound. Again, those offensive rebounds are just daggers, absolute daggers for basketball teams. I cannot stress this enough. It caused, in this case, McConnell to take his third personal foul with still 19 and a half minutes left in the game. He had to then sit down. I mean, this is what giving up offensive rebounds does to you. It kills you. You just have to do a better job than that. And this set the tone early for the second half. Less than a minute later, Purdue got yet another offensive rebound after a miss on a long, bad three-point shot by one of their guards. They got the offensive rebound. It led to a 
three-point shot, which they made, and that put Purdue up 52-36, and it was absolutely the worst possible start to the second half that Rutgers could have had. Rutgers also immediately started getting into foul trouble as the second half progressed. Rutgers had really as bad a start to the second half as you could. Matter of fact, they went into the first TV timeout without even scoring a single point. Um, Every single sort of contested ball went to Purdue. Every out-of-bounds play seemed to be tipped off Rutgers. It was just not going their way. McConnell, too, ended up defending like a friggin' moron later on when he took his fourth personal foul with 13 minutes left. Uh, what an utter moron. It was a stupid, silly, ticky-tack foul where he reached in where the guy was 30 feet away from the hoop, and it was indicative of Rutgers' silly play for long stretches of this game. Um, then once again, Rutgers continued to foul and foul and foul. I find it pretty interesting how when Rutgers is losing, instead of just playing harder or better on defense, they seem to take more silly fouls. I don't know if it's just, just frustration, um, a sign of their being tired or what, but it's something they have to overcome going forward. Mulcahy had four fouls by the time there was eight minutes left. I mean, you know, Rutgers gets away with taking some silly fouls when they're playing better, right? These past games, they took some silly fouls too, but they were winning, and so it kind of gets covered up. But in games like this, where you're playing elite teams and where you're losing and trying to mount a comeback, you cannot sit there and not move your feet and reach in, for example. You have to continue to play hard defensively, which usually isn't a problem for Rutgers, but they do seem to have these mental breakdowns where they take these silly, stupid, moronic fouls, and it definitely caught up with them tonight. This isn't a game where I think they could have won anyway, but it certainly put them in a position where they never really threatened at all at any time in the second half. Uh, They just continue to foul again and again and again. Their uh, fouling idiocy, idiocy continued right up until there was one minute left in the game where they had managed to knock it down to 10 points. You know, that's not like they're really in it, but, you know, stranger things have happened. You're down 10, one minute. But again, instead of just <laughs> they let the shot clock run down to nine seconds and then fouled. Mwah, that's like a nine out of 10 on the moron scale there. Really frustrating. I mean, Rutgers had no answer. For Purdue's seven foot four inch center, <laughs> seven foot four, he got an offensive rebound on a free throw late in the second half that led to a three pointer for Purdue. Again, the lack of boxing out and giving up these offensive rebounds it continues to be a death blow to any team looking to come back in the game. And as the game progressed deep into the second half, Rutgers had absolutely no answer for that center. He also defended very well, by the way, in the paint against Amory, who didn't have a bad game, but um, that seven foot four center was something to behold. Honestly, in this game, there wasn't any single Rutgers player who played great. To beat a team of Purdue's caliber, you really need to have an extraordinary effort from at least one of your players, if not more. Harper ended up playing, which wasn't a guarantee with his hurt finger after the last game, and he was average at best. We don't know for sure if the finger played any kind of role, but he wasn't great. Kayla McConnell ended up fouling out with four minutes left in the game. He had two entire friggin' points the whole game. He played okay defensively when he was in there, but he took so many stupid fouls. Geo Baker was okay, but not great. You know, he had a couple of poor lob attempts for Amory in big spots that were off, and they just ended up being turnovers. Really a big spots in the game, and it hurt us. Well, Kehi, I guess he was okay overall, but maybe still a notch down from his recent excellent play. So I wouldn't say, okay, he was excellent, but he was pretty good. He had 15 points, but he also fouled out 
with a minute 43 left. I mean, in the end, you know, what are you going to say? Losing to a great team like Purdue on the road, it's not a terrible thing for Rutgers. The fact that we didn't get blown out and that we fought hard to the end really is a good thing. But expectations, I guess, were a bit higher coming off those four awesome wins for Rutgers recently. Up next for Rutgers is a Michigan team on the road that may be shorthanded. Michigan got in a brawl at the end of their game against Wisconsin on Sunday, and their coach threw a punch at the other coach. Um, so it will be interesting to see how the game goes on Wednesday at Michigan and just how many with uh, how many Michigan players and their coach uh, might be available or not available on Sunday. So let's go ahead and move on to the Rangers. The Rangers beat the Ottawa Senators Sunday evening 2-1. to one. Uh, Igor Shosturkin was great in goal once again, and the team played fairly good defense against what is probably an average Ottawa Senators team on Sunday. For some reason, Nemeth was back in the lineup, unfortunately, for the Rangers. Um, they ridiculously benched Zach Jones, who had, in my opinion, his best game as a Ranger the other night. He is a young kid who they've called up a few times and really starting to fit in, and they took him out of the lineup and put Nemeth back in, which is just utterly ridiculous, and the Rangers and Gallant have got to get over this. This is basically a stupid, ridiculous move. Uh, they apparently see some value in Nemeth, I, which I don't see. In my opinion, he's awful. He's terrible. He's slow. Wake up, Gallant. Play the kids. Enough of this crap with Nemeth. I, I don't want to see this Nemeth shit anymore. The Rangers didn't play terribly early on, but once again, they were down one nothing before five minutes of the game was played. Uh, Miller, Keandre Miller, pinched up on the boards, got caught. Ottawa scored on a two-on-one. Um, Miller has got to play better defensively. He continues to need to be better. You hear the announcers and even some of the folks that write about the Rangers talk about improvement with Keandre Miller defensively. I don't see much of it at all. I mean, he seems okay defensively at times, but there's at least one to two times every game where he makes a pretty blatant mistake and either costs the Rangers or almost costs the Rangers, and this one cost the Rangers. It turned out to be the only goal that Otto scored. Kreider had another terrible start to the game, one where you did not hear his name again for most of the first period and honestly most of the game. He did take a bad icing, so you, so you heard his name there once. But other than that, he was, again, another, this is at least two in a row of mostly invisible games for Chris Kreider. Uh, Panarin ended up scoring on a power play goal in the second period that put the Rangers up 2-1. to one. The Rangers' power play, let me tell you, is a real legitimate weapon. The Rangers are now number three in the NHL in power play goal percentage. The problem is the Rangers need to wake up their scoring on five on five. And this is nothing new. It's like a broken record hearing me and everyone else talk. The Rangers can't score five on five. The Rangers have a great power play. I mean, that's just how it is. So something has to change, but certainly the power play keeps clicking and that's a good sign. Uh, Truba took a third period penalty after Keandre Miller had another bad giveaway in his defensive zone. Luckily, the defense and Shesterkin held up. And there's really not much, honestly, to say about this game other than this is yet another game where the Rangers didn't really look great, didn't score much five-on-five, five, didn't play particularly well or particularly awful, got an outstanding, outstanding goaltending from Shesterkin again, 
which is just incredible. And Shesterkin almost scored a goal with the goal he pulled at the end of the game. He took a shot at the open net and just missed by maybe three inches. That would have been great. He will definitely score a goal in his career. He's plays the puck well, plays it a lot, and there will be an open net where Shesterkin scores for sure. But, you know, hey, the Rangers get a win without scoring more than one goal five on five and Igor played great so this is has been the formula for the Rangers for much of the year it's not one that's really going to be too sustainable in the playoffs that they can't manage some more goals at even strength but um, it is something where you know right now especially against teams that are not elite the Rangers do seem to be better uh, than a lot of these teams and you know hey the points the Rangers will take them all day and every day And I want to thank you for listening to Jersey Guy Sports. Please subscribe to the podcast and tell your friends about it. I'll be back soon with more sports talk. Thanks and have a good day.